Welcome to the Arizona Criminal Justice Commission's podcast series, Working for Justice. I'm your host, Tony Vidali, and we'll talk with people working and making a difference in the field of criminal justice. Welcome. This is the inaugural episode of the Working for Justice podcast. We have a special guest for our inaugural episode. It's the director of the Criminal Justice Commission, Andy Lefevre. Mr. Director, welcome. Well, thank you, Tony. It's a complete honor to be here for the inaugural edition and look forward to, uh, to getting into it with you. I certainly would say that your role is a more obvious role as a, an agency had a director of an agency. We will have some episodes and talk with some folks where that certainly is not the case, but um, we wanted to start off this series and get a perspective of what it takes to get to the level that you are at. And hopefully by the end of the episode, you can offer us a little bit of advice, career advice on what we can do to better ourselves and have a leadership role in an agency. I was looking for some history on the Criminal Justice Commission. Specifically, I was looking for the number of directors that this agency has had since its inception. And so I went back to 1982 to look at budgets and see what was appropriated for this agency and couldn't find anything until 1987 is where in budget documents, they used to list who the agency head was. And I saw that in 1987 is the first time that there's a budget that shows up for the Criminal Justice Commission. And it's and listed there is Robert Corbin, not as the executive director, but as the chair of the commission. So I don't know the circumstances of why that was and what they were doing at the time, because the agency obviously was developing into what it is today. I then found 1988, Peter Hayes was the director, 1991, Rex Holgerson, 2000, Mike Branham, and then 2004, Jared Blackburn, and then 2016, you. How does it feel heading an agency that only, from what we can tell, five other people have ever done your job? What's your perspective on that? Well, you know, it's interesting, Tony, when you when you you start working at an agency and then you get lucky enough to be chosen by the the folks that lead that agency to to serve as a director. You know, you you have to be aware of and acknowledge the the past, the the, the work that's been done by the agency. Um, but also take stock of where you are at that point and, and what you should be doing. So coming into that role as director was really uh, an exercise for me and asking lots of questions that, uh, you know, what are folks working on? Why are they working on it? How are they working on it? And then really taking stock of that and chatting with our 19 commission members to understand what is the role they want to see the agency do. And then you know, I really view the role of director of saying, tell me where you want to get to and I'll figure out how we'll get there for you. I'll align the resources that we have as in the agency and, you know, staff and dollars to accomplish that mission, but then really get out of the way of the folks and let them do their jobs. So it, you know, it is, it was interesting because, you know, the, the previous director and directors had have certain visions for the agency, led the agency in a certain way you know, and did a, a very fine job and were effective and efficient at doing the work that they had outlined. But, you know, really, I, I think 
had pigeonholed themselves into being looked at in a certain way as an agency. You know, it was very much just a granting agency. Wasn't putting um, a lot of focus on outward uh, activities, you know, being really engaged out in the criminal justice community, necessarily being looked at as a leader organization for the state in a lot of things. So when, you know, when, when I was hired and was having those conversations with our commission members, you know, it, it was clear to me that they were really looking, that they, that's what they wanted the agency to be more of. They wanted to say, you know, we're having some really com- difficult conversations around criminal justice topics. Why is ACJC not more part of those? Why are we not leading some of those conversations? So, you know, Andy, how do we do that? So um, I really took that to heart and, you know, from some of the folks that have been here long term, like yourself, and and some of the folks that we've brought in the door since then, it was really the focus of bringing folks in that are going to be able to step into more of those leadership kinds of roles, so that when we're thinking or when the state's thinking about criminal justice and policy changes and things like that, they're they're really looking to ACJC more and more as a central part of those conversations, and a, and and even more than that, to me, a, a solution to the issues that they're seeing and how we get from A to B when we're talking about policy decisions. So, you know, that's really, to me, you know, I I think, you know, very thankful for being able to walk into an organization that had been around for that many years and had been led well and had done a really nice job. But, you know, how do we change with the times? You know, how do we fulfill a mission for folks that get appointed to the commission for a set period of time? And, you know, at some point we'll have a whole bunch of new commission members that come in and may have a completely different view of what they want us to do. And, you know, as their director, that's my job to take that vision and figure out what to, how to do it. If we can roll back time a little bit here and go back in time, you're a graduate of Temple University? Correct. Your, your major was political science? Yes. A, a very useful major. A very useful major. Well, it's proving useful, I think, today in your in your role, at least uh, for part of what you do. Where were you at when you were in college, particularly when you were maybe that last year of college and, and knew you were going to graduate? And what were you thinking you were going to do? You know, it was interesting for me growing up and, and kind of being in high school in the 80s. Um, I was really a product of watching President Reagan get elected and being fascinated by this, watching him affect change in Washington, D.C. as a Republican dealing with a democratically controlled Congress at that point and just, you know, how he affected change. And, you know, so as I went into college, I, you know, political science was what I knew I wanted to do. So, so I, that, that was easy for me to decide. And, and really, I, I, I knew I was going to go to Washington, D.C. to work because at that point, that was where I thought the action was. That's what the news always covers the president and Congress because it's like the big show. And that's kind of where I wanted to end up being. Uh, so, you know, throughout college, you know, kind of worked towards that goal, got out of college and went right down to D.C., you know, a bright eyed, you know, new pair of shoes kind of guy showed up in D.C. and quickly realized that it's a lot harder to get a job in D.C. than just showing up. Back in those days, we didn't have internets and job boards. You had to read the paper and pound the leather with your shoes to, to go on job interviews. So, you know, but I wanted to be in D.C. because I thought that's where I could affect change. And, and to me, that's my underlying kind of itch that I need to scratch. 
is, you know, making something better, improving something for somebody else. So, it, you know, I got to DC in 1990, was having a hard time finding a job on the Hill because, you know, I didn't understand election cycles and those kinds of things. And that's how, you know, most people get jobs in DC is because they worked on a campaign and whatnot. And I just, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't interested in politics. I was really interested in policy and change. Ended up getting really lucky in a temp job, actually, where I got put into a nonprofit that, uh, you know, big, big organization. I was only there for a week, but they really liked me and they put me in touch with what would end up being my first job in a, in a small nonprofit, which dealt with law enforcement and victims issues. So first job, then kind of out of college, first real job was uh, for this small nonprofit and, you know, spent six years kind of, if it was a mailroom there, I would have started in the mailroom and, and worked my way up through there to, you know, working both on the Hill and out in the States, uh, doing lobbying and, and uh, communications kind of work. That's where I learned how to be uh, on TV and do interviews. So that was, you know, one of those kinds of jobs that a lot of people maybe don't get an opportunity to have because it was a very small shop. The boss was a tremendous leader for me in the sense that we were growing and things were changing so quickly. It was the, the you know, cable TV was just kind of hitting the scene and all those news channels were proliferating and there was a huge need to do things. And he really looked at us and said, hey, try it. If you can do it, great. We'll do more of it great. You did that job really well. I could, can you do this over here? So, I mean, my five-year career at that small nonprofit allowed me to have so much exposure at doing so many different things that I really think that a lot of thought, you know, people probably looked at my resume and thought I lied <laughs> when they looked at all the different things that I got to do, but it really did kind of set me up for having a broader understanding of criminal justice and, and what it was going on. And then really started to educate me on the fact that D.C. is great. D.C. really doesn't impact our lives as much as what goes on in the states and in your localities. So, you know, that got me out into the states. That got me out doing testimony at state legislatures and really beginning to kind of understand that if you wanted to impact people's lives on a daily basis, you really needed to go down to that state level or that local level to do it. And speaking of preparing, what roles did you hold in the past that prepared you for your role now as the executive director of ACJC? You know, it's, um, you know, I've, I've led other organizations uh, in the past. So again, the, you know, working at, uh, at that small nonprofit and then, you know, working at some other organizations where you really had to leave, had to lead groups, had to leave, lead committees, you know, had to deal with big personalities. You know, one of my jobs was, an organization that was made up of state legislators. So, you know, you put 50 of those guys in a room and that's a room full of a lot of personalities. So how do you learn how to manage and deal with people who have strong opinions and, and how do you work to create consensus and, and move forward on projects? So, you know, that was a certainly a valuable skill to learn how to deal with people. And, and ultimately, you know, being a leader is all about dealing with people. So that was certainly impactful. A lot of the, the interesting thing about D.C. sometimes is I don't think a lot of people realize just how many opportunities there are for folks that are not necessarily what I would call um, seasoned to take on leadership roles. You know, I think I was 31 or something when I was asked to lead a, a, a trade association in Washington, D.C. with, you know, companies that dealt with, you know, billions of dollars of profit. And yeah, I look back now and go, you know, who thought that was a good idea? 
but that's DC for you. There's, you know, 24 year olds running Congress for the most part. So, you know, you, 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 to me, it's take advantage of the opportunities that are put before you sometimes, you know, so if you're at an organization and they ask you to try something, try it. If you don't do it well, okay, that's not, you know, somebody else will do it well, but try those things. And you know, I think to me that kind of encapsulates what I've been able to do over the many years of my career now, which is if somebody puts something before me, I'll, I'll, I, it's hard to say no for me to do it. So I'll try it. And, and a lot of times um, the lesson I think I learned most from my first boss was do it. And if you do it, a lot of times you can make it work out okay in the end, but just do it. You had mentioned non-pro- your nonprofit work. Are the challenges of heading a nonprofit organization similar or different than the challenges of heading a government organization? Because I think that most people understand that nonprofit work is is different than for-profit work and government work is different than for-profit work, but aren't always as clear about the differences or similarities between nonprofit organizations and government organizations. So as the head of either one of those that you've experienced in your career, are the challenges the same or are they different? Uh, you know, under underlying challenges are probably the same kinds of challenges. It's just the way you deal with them. I think that's, that ultimately ends up being different. It's always about resources. You know, so in the nonprofit world, you're you're hustling to get money, you know, donations from from supporters to do the work that the nonprofit set up to do. That's what you need in order to hire people and do the job and, and whatnot. And I don't think it's much different in government. It's just the mechanism that you're getting those dollars. So, you know, in nonprofits, it's it's yearly funding cycles where you're going out and asking for money, you know, for operational or projects that you're doing. And in government, it's the same yearly funding. It's just you're you're going to a different place. Usually it's you're going to your state for funding out of the state budget or you're you're seeking grant dollars uh, from the federal government, which is, you know, our, our primary uh, grant source here at ACJC. So it's the same kind of cycle. It's just a different process that you go through. But at the end of the day, it's all about what's a, what's the mission and how do you accomplish it? And do you have the resources to be able to accomplish it and do it well and, you know, deal with people? <laughs> you know, people are are as big a resource as, as money is a lot of times. Sure. Up to this point in your, your career, or, or maybe if we look uh, from – the point you became the executive director and look backwards, who is the most influential to you in any of the jobs, whether it's a person or persons, in any of the jobs that you held or any of the roles that you you held? You know, I've taken a lot uh, uh, from most of the folks that I've I've worked for. Yeah, you know, you always have folks that are that do things well or not so well, and you try and learn from those and incorporate that into your kind of how you would do it if you become the boss. But I, I really, the the lessons that have stuck with me the most really have come from my very first boss that I had in D.C. You know, there's a, a retired cop running this organization, and his name was um, Jim Fotis. And again, he, you know, the thing that stuck with me most was, as I said before, he would make decisions quickly. And then we, nine times out of 10, would make those work for the organization. So he didn't spend a lot of time, you know, re, you know, hemming and hawing over whether it was a good or bad decision. He would, he would see something, we would talk about it, he would make the decision, and then we would figure out how to, how to fit that in or make it work for us. And, you know, that's kind of stuck with me. I, I, you know, I think it's important to hear from folks. You know, I want my, 
you know, my managers and my team to be able to tell me what their thoughts are, their, the pros and cons that they see about things. But ultimately, we want to make decisions and we want to move forward to, to accomplish the mission. You know, and the other thing that really stuck with me that, that he did and, and I certainly appreciated in, uh, throughout my career was, you know, giving opportunities to do things that just clearly were outside of your comfort zone and just saying, try it. You know, I, the first couple times I was on television doing an interview was, I'm sure, about as horrible as you could get. Um, but he didn't care. He said, do it and you'll get better at it. So, you know, I, I think for me, one of the things I love about managing people is, you know, how do we help them grow? How do we put those opportunities before them so that they can take advantage of those growth opportunities? You know, I had another boss that told me once, you know, he says, you know, Andy, I view my job here with you as I'm going to give you enough training and exposure to other people, other companies, other businesses, other groups that I'm not going to be able to afford to keep you in two or three years. And that's okay because the kind of job you're doing is the kind of job that's going to get you that experience. So, you know, those are the kind of things that I like to do. You know, we have those roles here at ACJC. You know, I'd love to know we're going to keep a grant coordinator for five years or 10 years, but that's just not the way it works. They're going to get so much experience here that eventually they're going to be able to move on and go somewhere else and earn a much higher salary because of the training they've got. And I think we should be okay and proud of that. You came to the Criminal Justice Commission initially as the public information officer, legislative liaison. You filled that role for a few years. And so at the Criminal Justice Commission, that role is a, a management level role. And so you have a peer group of, of managers, but then you get hired as the executive director. So one day you're a peer and the next day you're the leader. Did you have any struggles making that transition or was it smooth for you? And if it was smooth, why was that? This has been, uh, for me, the biggest transition in a, into a leadership role. Um, the other groups that I've led have been much smaller, um, much more of a, a daily need for me to do work, you know, or, or to do projects, to have my hands in things. So here, moving from, you know, one of, of six managers to the director, you know, of a staff that's about 25 the biggest transition for me was really how do I change my, my mindset about what my role is on a daily basis? I don't, not, I, not, I don't say I don't do work. Of course, I do work every day, but I don't do the same kind of work that I used to do. That was the hardest thing for me to wrap my arms around over the first six to nine months was really, you know, my role now is to accomplish what I want to have done in the organization by having somebody else do the work to get it done. So, you know, that's a bit of a change when you're talking about a peer group where before you were, you know, were interacting and working on projects as, 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 you know, the same level and it's more of a cooperative thing versus now it's not, it's still cooperative, but it's, you know, I have that ability as the director to say yes or no, you must, or you will do this. Um, so, you know, overall it went okay. You know, we've had some transition of folks out of some of those roles that, you know, maybe weren't as comfortable with kind of that experience of me now leading them. But, you know, we've had some great folks come into those roles that um, have really helped the organization move forward. So, you know, I, that's all that's a hard transition. I mean, you know, you, you interact with a group of folks in a certain way and it's, you know, one day, like you said, you're there and the next day you're in a different office and, and you're the boss. So, you know, it's a, a transition and adjustment for everybody to make. And, 
but I, I will say probably as difficult for me as it was for everybody else to, to make that transition. I think it's interesting to hear from leaders explain or articulate what they felt like on day one when they took their leadership role, particularly those that are in a leadership role that's heading an agency. So when you transition to the director day one, did you make some kind of assessment about where you stood with the organization or what you were going to have to do in the next several days or weeks? Or was it a situation where you're coming into an organization that has this structure and this experience and it's it's easier to transition into the role because you can let the you can let the machine run itself for a bit. What was that thought process you had day one? Yeah, I, I was lucky. I had a couple week transition from my from the old job to the new job with the current the previous director here. So um, it wasn't like coming in as a brand new person that nobody knew. Um, and you're right. You know, the, the the ACJC certainly has processes that it goes through throughout the year. So, it, you know, we weren't I wasn't looking to upset those processes. Those are. Well-oiled processes um, that that were going to occur. So it really, for me, became a an exercise of sitting down and really just again, what's the vision of the commission? Which I think was a something that was not given as much um, voice as it should have been in the past. Taking that and understanding what they are looking to do, and then beginning to understand what the programs were working on, what the organization was working on, and not trying to turn on a dime, but, you know, how do we begin assessing if we want to get from where we are at that point to where we want to get to in a year or two, what do we begin, what do we need to start changing in order to do that? You know, we went through a strategic planning process as both the commission to, so that, and staff could hear so that they would have a better understanding of what they understood the commission was looking for. And then really just beginning to work, you know, in each of the program areas to say, you know, what are we doing now? What could we do different? You know, where are those things that we could do better? And start making those changes, you know, incremental changes over time, you know, add up to a big change, but not just all at once. So I, I, to me, I didn't view my role as cleaning house or drastically changing what was going on because the work that was already going on was important and had good processes in place. But I think we've made some pretty significant changes over the last five years that have improved our efficiency in things, have found different and better ways to do things, and then have moved the organization into some other areas that we hadn't been in before. And and that's that really was what the commission was looking for. You know, how do we how do we impact change at the state level? Because we're looking to make change versus we're just looking to kind of keep doing what we've been doing. Considering your your past work experience as a leader in other organizations, do you have either a management or leadership philosophy that you've developed from that past experience? Well, you know, I went back to, to grad school late in my career and, and got a, an MBA with an emphasis in leadership. So, it was, you know, it's always interesting to, to kind of read books by by folks that write about leadership and, and try and try and, you know, put those internalized and, and, and what you can do with that. You know, I, again, I think it's important that you have a leader that and makes the ultimate decisions. Um, but, you know, if I have a philosophy, it's, you know, I want folks to feel like they can talk about things. I don't want this to be a dictatorship. 
uh, kind of an office where you're, everything is just being told from the top down. You know, I, I think the best ideas come from folks that are dealing with the stuff on a daily, regular basis. But ultimately, I think for me, it's talk here, listen to your, to your folks about what they think are, is good or bad about something. But ultimately, you know, you have to be responsible for making those decisions. And, and as I said before, I think if you make a decision, stick to that decision. And ultimately, most times you make that work out some way, which is positive for the organization. Speaking of leadership, what qualities of leadership do you value most in your leadership team? You know, I, I, one of the things I like to do with folks on my team is I, I don't want to bring in a bunch of people that are just like me. Um, so again, some of folk, I inherited some really great folks. Um, so that, that wasn't the case, but, you know, I think there needs to, to be a diversity of thought and opinion and experience in your, in your leadership team so that you have folks that can bring thoughts and ideas to you that, that you just, you wouldn't think of normally. So I, I like to have folks that, you know, are strong personalities that are willing to stand up and say, I believe this. So this is, I'm going to fight for this for, for my program or my team or this idea, because I think it's the right thing. And uh, that are willing to take some risks. You know, I, again, I think ultimately the best thing we can do for the state to make improvements is where do we find a problem and how do we go try and fix it? And, you know, that, those are not easy conversations to have sometime because you're saying something's not working right. So there's going to be a group of folks that are going to argue against that one way or the other. And then how do you come up with a solution that ultimately makes sense for, for the state? And, and that's, you know, we all work for our citizens here in Arizona. So, you know, to me, the end goal should always be, is what we're doing making somebody's life better? Are we making some, a community safer? Are we providing services to a victim to help them get through a traumatic event in their life? You know, are we talking with law enforcement and understanding that they just have a need that they can't meet at their local level. So what can we do as an organization to bring in a resource that to help them do that? And, you know, that requires folks that can get out and have those conversations and be people, persons and interact with the, the, the public. And, sure. you know, I think we do more of that today than we did five years ago. And I think that's the right thing to do. As the director, what do you appreciate most about the Criminal Justice Commission staff? You know, it's, you know, the ACJC is a, a, a unique organization because it is kind of policy oriented, but it's also an, a, an organization or a state agency that puts that into practice. And I think I appreciate, you know, most about the folks that are here is because I think a lot of the folks, you know, you don't do this work if you don't want to help make a change. So I, I think it's a great opportunity for me as a leader to, to work with a, a talented, dedicated group of folks that share that kind of same value that I have, which is you're here because you want to make a difference. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of widget makers here at the agency. We're too small to do that. So people are here because they, I think, believe in the mission of the organization and they think they can see, you know, on a daily basis, my job is doing this to move the ball forward and to help somebody's life be better. And, and that is always, to me, a a rewarding experience and a rewarding thing to go through at the end of the week and go home and say, I know because I did these things this this week, somebody's life somewhere else is better. Sure. Do you have you have difficult days as a director? Well, Tony, you know, the one thing that's uh, common across all directors and management level is you deal with people. 
Um, and that's just not your own internal people. That's external people. And, you know, as my, my job as director, I'm, I'm probably out more than, than most of the folks are dealing with folks. So, you know, I'm, I had to deal with other directors that may have different opinions on things as we're trying to work on projects or, you know, I, I have a boss I got to answer to, or 19 of them actually that uh, can call up sometimes and, and have opinions that I need to be able to navigate. So, yeah, I mean, to me, that's the frustrating thing. And, and I think the other thing that I, not frustrating is not the right word. You know, I, I see so many opportunities that I wish we could take advantage of and we just either don't have the resources or the manpower yeah. or it's just not the right time. Sure. So, you, you know, team comes up with great ideas and sometimes you just got to put them on the shelf and say, well, maybe we'll try again next year because you're required, you know, you're dependent on somebody funding an idea or writing a grant and getting it. And, and you just, you write it, you don't get it. So you, you got to try again another time. What is your favorite thing about coming to work here every day? Oh, it's the people. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so great to, you know, just to see the folks and interact with everybody, you know, that's been the hardest thing over the last year and a half with COVID is just not having the the daily interactions with it, with such a great team of folks. And, you know, from, you know, the, the, the people in the finance department that, you know, are, are, are making sure people are getting paid to, you know, the auditors that are going out and making sure that the people that are getting paid are doing the right things with what they're getting paid for to, you know, the program teams that are, are really, you know, doing the work of the, the organization and moving the ball forward. You know, that to me is the, the biggest honor and the joy that I get is to, you know, my role really is what do I have to do to make them successful? Um, so, you know, not having that interaction has been tough, but, you know, the, that's the, the biggest or the most rewarding part of, I think, any leadership role. Right. We, might, we might have some ambitious young people that are listening to this podcast. And considering that you didn't go to director's school and graduate director's school to be placed in your position as the executive director at the Criminal Justice Commission, any thoughts or advice you can offer a young person that may look at you and your role and what you do and say, that is interesting. I think I'd like to do that. Yeah, I, you're not going to, you know, that's not a role you're going to get right out of college. Um, but what I would tell folks or highly recommend to folks is to, you know, when you're at an organization and you're working those jobs, take advantage of the opportunities that, that may arise. You know, if you're, if you, if you get asked, if you want to go to a conference, go to the conference, because those are the, those are where you meet the, your colleagues from other places that, you know, down the road or is going to be your network of, of peers as you grow in your careers. Um, you know, if you, your organization is thinking about trying something new and you've got some bandwidth, jump on board and do those things. It's the, it's the culmination of those experiences over the early part of your career, which I think really set you up to move into leadership roles. Because having being a leader, I think, requires that, you know, you're not one dimensional. You've got other things that you can think about and do. And, you know, I don't, um, you know, throughout my career, I was asked to do a lot of stuff. And I always said yes. Some Again, some of it I failed spectacularly at doing, but other things I ended up being able to do well. But all of that was a great learning experience. And I use all of those skills on a weekly basis in this job. So, you know, look for those opportunities as a, a new person when you come out of college and you're starting those jobs to, to learn and grow. And as you learn and grow, those just open up more doors to move you up in organizations. And, 
you know, have a skill set that other folks may not have. And ultimately being a director or a leader in an organization, and, and, and let's be honest, you can be a leader as a, as an entry level person, you know, you can take the initiative and you can do those things and show those leadership qualities. But, you know, having the ability to be multidimensional and, and having a, a broad experience background behind you of skill sets is what ultimately folks are looking for in a leader, I think. Excellent advice. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk with us and giving us a little bit of an insight into you and your role. We really appreciate it. No, it's been a, been a, a wonderful experience, and I look forward to coming back and talking to you again about anything else you'd like to talk about. Absolutely. Thank you. This has been an Arizona Criminal Justice Commission production. Until next time, I'm your host, Tony Vidali. For more information about the Arizona Criminal Justice Commission, visit www.azcjc.gov and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.